This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. We know that President Biden is a huge fan of poetry, but, but even if you're not, there are some poems that reach out and, and grab your heart and pull at your soul. None of them written by Joe Biden. But there are poems that do that, technically speaking. Happy Tuesday and uh, welcome on the glide slope to Christmas. Christmas itself. And, uh, you know, Hanukkah, of course. Because it's the holiday season. It's the happiest time of year. You know, unless you're the target of a corrupt FBI investigation or something like that. Put a damper on things. 87,000 IRS agents in the pipeline uh, coming to a bank account near you sometime soon. Uh, we could probably use 87,000 new Border Patrol people, don't you think, rather than IRS? But, that's you know, the government is not on our side. They're, they're, uh, they're against us. They're not uh, with us. He's uh, Joe Biden. We learned yesterday. Who knew? Drew Barrymore. Well, she was in a movie once, wasn't she? And her grandfather was famous and and uh, things like that. And she has a talk show somewhere. And uh, I'm sure that uh, somebody pays her millions of dollars. And she uh, went to the White House and stood around with Dr. Jill Biden, who's not a doctor at all, and uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. And they stood in front of the Christmas tree and, you know, wahoo, 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 wahoo. And and, uh, Joe revealed that every year he writes about this time of year, uh, theoretically, because he loses track, so it's hard to say. He writes a poem for Dr. Jill, for Dr. Jill. Is it true that he doesn't actually call her Jill, he calls her doctor? That's what uh, Larry was saying this morning. He doesn't call her Jill, he calls her doctor. And uh, then she refers to him as uh, patient. That's how, they, that's how they talk to him, have kind of a doctor-patient relationship, or they uh, should. But he writes a poem. He writes a poem for her every, every year which is very romantic, isn't it? I mean, it sounds very romantic anyway. Until you learn that every poem that he writes begins with the same thing, which is hickory dickory dock. And then uh, he doesn't reveal the rest of the poem because uh, he might be sued by Andrew Dice Clay or something like that, and he doesn't, doesn't want to do that. Could be, you know, he's a famous plagiarist from way back. He plagiarizes a lot of stuff. So hickory dickory Duck. He's still, he's lost. He's got a Nipsey Russell poster on the wall in his office. The Oval Office, he took down the portrait of George Washington and put up a poster of Nipsey Russell. 
because he just loves that Nipsey Russell. But the uh, Joe Biden is a, a poet, uh, and uh, everything begins with hickory, dickory, doc. Uh, 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 Michael Piercy actually got a hold of one of his uh, handwritten poems, and it says, it says, Dear Jill, it says, comma, Dear Jill. But I thought he called her doctor. Said Jill, Dear Jill, roses are red. That's how it begins, roses are red. Hunters corrupt. Please help me. I've fallen and I can't get up. See, that's, that's, a, that's a kind of a nice little poem. It's not quite a haiku, I don't think, but it's, uh, you know, a little tweaking, and it might be a haiku, which, uh, you know who liked haikus? You know who liked, really? That, uh, that Democrat that set himself on fire in front of the Supreme Court on Earth Day because he really cared about the planet. But there it is. Roses are red. Uh, Hunter is corrupt. Uh, please help me. I've fallen and I can't get up. That's, that's why he has a doctor around all the time because he needs one. That's uh, Jill. He's the president of the United States. All right. But I digress. I'm just uh, talking about stuff here, but there's a lot more to talk about. For, uh, for example, um, uh, tranche number seven of the uh, Twitter Elon Musk. And it turns out, guess what? The FBI is really corrupt. It's, and the CIA really corrupt. And it's like a third world country because the left is here and they destroy everything and corrupt everything. And uh, that's what we're learning, which is really good, except the news media hates it because the news media doesn't like the truth. They cover up the truth. The news media, uh, they're as corrupt. They're, in fact, I've been talking about this for years. They're the most corrupt institution in the United States of America. Now, the FBI and the intelligence community, led by the CIA, they are trying to play some catch-up here with uh, the news media. And they're in bed together um, having a uh, well-lubricated relationship, and it's an ongoing thing. Uh, it's not over, you know. It's, um, it's not over by a long shot. They're still in bed with each other. And if you call them on it, well, you know, Martha Raddatz will say, and <laughs> George Stephanopoulos will say, well, you're the ones who are saying they're corrupt. They're not saying they're corrupt. We've got an update on that, too, because, you know, Martha Raddatz yesterday, she, we played the audio yesterday. It was on Sunday talking to Governor Greg Abbott, saying the problem with the border is that you Republicans are saying it's an open border, and that's why people are coming. Joe Biden never said it's an open border. He never, he never rang the dinner bell and uh, talked about how you can all just walk in. That's a big lie. So we've got that. An update on, uh, on uh, uh, number seven, uh, the uh, drop, as they call it, like it's a new album the, uh, from the, the Twitter files. And um, boy, the FBI is corrupt. The intelligence community is corrupt. The news media, corrupt. This is a big problem in the United States of America. This is the stuff of geek, 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 banana republic countries. We should all be wearing Carmen Miranda hats and, uh, you know, what? doing the cha-cha. Hey, what? What? Somebody intruded on that. That was probably the FBI uh, tapping into our lines, maybe the intelligence community, but perhaps not. Pretty amazing. Oh, and somebody actually fact-checked. Yesterday I did a fact-check for you on Joe Biden's ridiculous story that he told at a veterans event, event in uh, Delaware on Friday. This completely ridiculous story that his dead father came, came to him when he was vice president and told him to give his dead uncle a purple heart, which he may or may not have earned in World War II, uh, while perhaps, perhaps not uh, serving in the Battle of the Bulge. But uh, even these nitwits, 
at Snopes did a, and they're not uh, legitimate fact checkers, they're a Democrat Party adjunct, and they lie all the time and make stuff up all the time. But yesterday they did, and this was so embarrassing that they had to say, well, it's kind of hard to believe the story is true since his father was long since deceased and his uncle had uh, for even uh, longer been deceased as well. And while his uncle apparently served in World War II, no evidence uh, that he um, was awarded a Purple Heart. And Snope says that he won, you know, no evidence that he won a Purple Heart because they think everything's a track meet or like a swim meet against uh, Leah Thomas. That's uh, pretty amazing stuff. And, uh, yeah, and Jill Biden says her husband gives her a handwritten poem every year. I want to see those. I assume she keeps them. There, there should be like a little bathroom book, you know, The Wit and Wisdom of Joe Biden. A uh, little, you know, little uh, put, put uh, in the bathroom for maybe when you're taking a bath or something like that. Yeah, handwritten poem. So we've got that. Uh, and there is a great, uh, the, the, I love this New York Post story because it's so true and it's hilarious. You know, the Democrats, they hate free speech and America too. And capitalism and they hate children uh, except, you know, the sexy little ones. And uh, those they like. And uh, don't be critical of someone just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. That's a Democrat Party t-shirt. Now that's uh, their thing. Pretty creepy. But the headline in the New York Post yesterday, Democrats scramble to save censorship. Now, that's not the Babylon Bee. Uh, That's actually the New York Post. And it's funny because it's true. Democrats scramble to save censorship. You know, their control over censorship. Uh, Pretty amazing stuff. Kamala Harris, not the uh, brightest knife in the constellation. She uh, yesterday was babbling incoherently as usual. Was she cackling? Like a little cackle built in. Said that she would require, you know, the force of government, the hobnailed boot of the state stamping on a face forever, like George Orwell warned us. Said she would require tech companies to, quote, work with us, work with us, and, quote, to ensure that there is no manipulation to upend the security of our democracy and our nation. This is how fascists uh, stamp out free speech. She's too stupid to know that she's a fascist. You got to keep that in mind. So she gets a little bit of a note from her doctor because, uh, you know, we got that going for us. Yeah, and the Twitter files part seven, that's uh, that's big stuff. Uh, Speaking of stamping out free speech, there's a great story out of the Stanford University. Perhaps you've heard of it. Is that, are you familiar with that one, Michael? Is that a four-year school, that uh, Stanford? Because that's, it's in uh, California and it's pretty fancy. And they put out a, uh, they've got a bunch of radical left-wing extremist groups there that are anti-democratic. The, the Stanford, the uh, CIO Council, the CIO Council. And so they call it the CIOC because it's the CIO Council. <laughs> it's pretty amazing stuff. And they uh, put together a thing, the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, which they literally call the E-H... <laughs> L I. I'm not kidding. I, I'm not. They got it right here in parentheses, and uh, then they uh, that's uh, yeah, and the E H L I at Stanford uh, to address language in I T in I T. Um, you know, uh, internet technology, and the statement of solidarity because they're with Lech Valencia, but they're not really. They're with the Soviet Union and commitment to action. They published Stanford uh, CIO. They don't even tell you what the CIO council is that you're supposed to know because you got to have your decoder ring from the party. 
And they say, and the people of color in technology affinity group, the people of color in technology, no white people allowed, people of color in technology affinity group, which I kid you not, in parentheses, they have the P-O-C-I-T. That's the pocket. That's the, you're in the pocket? Yeah, I'm in the pocket. And an affinity group. And they have new rules for language. You know, I think I've told you the story about the Nazi lady that used to live next door to my brother outside of Chicago. She, she, wasn't, she was a war bride, an American uh, GI, married the German woman, uh, came back to the United States, uh, Chicago, and uh, lived next to my uh, brother, uh, Brian, 20 years ago. And my brother, Brian, asked her one time when they're, you know, spraying garden hoses on the hedges or something, and they got to talking, and the nice uh, German lady, um, my uh, brother asked her, so what do you think it would have been like if Hitler had won the war? You know, it's, I think there's a cable series about that, isn't there? And uh, long before that, my brother asked that. And uh, the woman, the nice German one, she said, oh, I think maybe not so different. Maybe a few more rules. Maybe a few more rules, she said. And um, the, uh, the Democrats... They've got a few more rules. They've got a lot more rules. And Kamala Harris has got rules. She would require uh, the tech companies to work with us, meaning the Democrat Party, to make sure there's no manipulation, because they're in charge of manipulation, to upend the security of our democracy and our nation, detect the Soviet language, because it's there. And at the Stanford University, they're trying to control that, too. They don't want people to use language that might be hurtful to left-wing, mentally ill snowflakes. Oh, wait, I can't say mentally ill, can I? I think that's in here. I've got, you can't say American. You can't say you're American. That's one of the things that is right out because, you know, maybe a few more rules. Maybe a few more rules. Because the left is here. These aren't liberals. This is the left. That's a completely different thing. But they've got uh, different categories here. Uh, Ableist, ableist, they've got that as category. Ageism, ageism, they got it. Colonialism, this is my favorite category, I think. There's, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Culturally appropriative and uh, gender-based, they have gender-based. They have, it's a very lengthy, I have it right here, institutionalized racism. This is, doesn't Stanford uh, prevent Asians from getting in these days because they do their homework and uh, stay up late and uh, stuff. First person, they've got a lot of categories. Violent. Don't use violent rhetoric. Uh, just loot and firebomb churches whenever possible because, you know, abortion. Um, you know, the Democrat Party is a violent mob in the street. They've been looting our cities for years. They, this neighborhood is still boarded up, uh, parts of it, because of all the things. And uh, so I've got, uh, I've got that uh, going for you. Don't say African-American. Don't say this. this actually, this says this here. Uh, don't say African-American. Uh, say black. Wasn't that the opposite uh, just a couple of years ago? It's uh, not easy to keep. You need your updated decoder ring. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with that because, you know, the Democrats, there may be a few more rules. Uh, we've got crime and mayhem. Robert De Niro had a, uh, you know him, he was in Taxi Driver. He, um, he had a crazy Democrat break into his townhouse in New York City, right there in New York City. And uh, she'd been arrested so many times that uh, she should get an award from somebody. 
I guess, the DNC. And uh, you know how much uh, Robert, it's a rented. He doesn't even buy the townhouse. He's renting the townhouse. Doesn't seem like a good investment. You know how much he's paying a month for the townhouse? I've got that uh, coming up. I got CNN ratings for you and uh, uh, the viruses and diseases on the march. I blame Putin, I think. And we are at 888-630-9625. There's only one Chris Plant. The Chris Plant Show. All right. Um, Yeah, amazing story from, well, not amazing, but uh, noteworthy. New York City, Robert De Niro, in his, uh, he doesn't, he rents, he rents a townhouse. And uh, he does fairly well because America is a great country. So he rents his townhouse for $69,000 a month. That's his rent, $69,000 a month, which is it's probably a nice place. You know, probably got a nice kitchen. But a crazy woman who is, police said, a Democrat uh, broke into broke into his house and was rummaging around in his I'll get to that story shortly. Right now, let's go to the telephones because we've got um, one of the big stories is the number seven drop from uh, the Twitter people. And you'll never guess who the bad guys are. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Philip, formerly of Arlington. Philip, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Good morning, Chris. Thank you for doing what you're doing. The FBI has effectively seized our national elections and thus seized the White House between all the shenanigans they did in Trump's initial campaign, the FISA court, Azra Turk. Then they went after the transition, Admiral Rogers out of them for having surveillance on the Trump transitioning campaign. Then we had the DOJ set up the fake independent counsel because of Comey. They cooperated with the impeachment. And then they utterly seized the last election through all their shenanigans with Big Tech. Big Tech. Chris, $3.4 million of our tax money went to Twitter so they could receive the FBI's bogus claims about the uh, the laptop. They had the laptop for 18 months, did nothing about it. Chris, we don't even know what they've done with Facebook or Google or all the other YouTube. We, we, we've seen nothing. I mean, Chris, we don't have a country anymore. The FBI has seized our national elections from the people. The national security apparatus of the United States of America, the FBI, and you're right, Azra Turk. Who is Azra Turk? They know these these scams that are intelligence apparatus in Soviet fashion have set up. You remember Congressman Jim Jordan, uh, Philip, and Matt Gates has made this point, and Jim Jordan has reinforced this point. Kind of important. When is the FBI going to quit interfering with elections? 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. 2020, they suppressed information about the Hunter Biden story. And it goes on and on. The FBI is uh, not an American institution anymore. It's been taken over by radicals and the intelligence community by that communist voting John Brennan. This is the Chris Plant Show. This is the FBI who's involved themselves 
in every single election for the last four cycles. This is a point Congressman Gates made in committee a few weeks ago. In 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. In 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. In 2020, they suppressed information about the Hunter Biden laptop. And now in 2020, they've raided the home of, a, uh, of the former president, taken the phone of a sitting member of Congress 91 days before an election. So when is the FBI not going to involve themselves in, in one of our elections? That's, that's probably a key question. That's probably a key question, I've got to say. Probably a key question. Yeah. You bet your uh, bottom dollar. Can you say you bet your bottom dollar at Stanford, or has that been banned? It's Congressman uh, Jim Jordan. I am uh, keeping my powder dry. Can you say that? On uh, whether the Republicans are going to get anything done. I will remain hopeful. I don't know if you saw this morning on the Fox News Channel, they had, you remember uh, Obama spokesman Josh Ernest? He's now the spokesman for United Airlines, and he's on the television this morning, the Making the Rounds, talking about Christmas time travel and snow because there's an Arctic blast coming into, in particular, the uh, middle states and the United States of America from Canada. When are we going to hold Canada accountable for all this Arctic blast, cold weather stuff? Um, they must be held accountable. We should have congressional hearings on Canada and Arctic blasts. Can't allow this stuff. I, uh, My best girl and I, we had discussed a few weeks ago whether we would go to Chicago, a lot of family members in Chicago, for Christmas time. And after careful consideration, we decided this year we would not go to Chicago for Christmas. Uh, and so we have other plans, different plans, not bringing us to Chicago, not flying anywhere. And uh, my uh, one of my brothers in Chicago called yesterday and said, uh, good thing you're not coming in for Christmas because we've got 12 to 18 inches of snow coming in with 50 mile an hour winds and sub-zero temperatures. And then he noted, this is what we used to call a blizzard. So we used to go, that's probably not in fashion anymore either. And there's a lot of that going on around the, around the country. What with winter time coming and everything. Tomorrow is the uh, solstice, right? And uh, the shortest day of the year. And then the days start getting longer. And that's, uh, and that's a good thing, as Martha Stewart used to say. Um, I love this Stanford U- University thing. I'm going to share this with you. I can't share the whole thing because it's almost book length. But all of the words that are now... Um, you know, nine, nine, you must not use the words. Uh, <clears throat> just a few more rules. And a lot of them are truly crazy. I mean, these people are crazy. They're nuts. They're wackadoodle-do. And they're running major American universities all over the country. And they're brainwashing and indoctrinating young people who are going to come out of college. Um, what's, let's see, what's the year? word that I could use because I know when they're talking about various things, there are a lot of words you can't use. Um, I, uh, <laughs> well, I'll get to them because one of them they have, they have it right here. I've got <clears throat> to say because it's right in the thing. They have uh, retard and you, you're, they say, well, you can't, you can't say that because that's a, you know, that's not a good word. And you they shouldn't. wanted to build a, a congregate living place for retarded children. That's uh, Chuck Schumer, of course, who uh, he can uh, he can use that. 
the um, it says <clears throat> don't this is in the thing from Stanford University uh, words you should not use uh, retard it says instead you should use person with a cognitive disability or neurodivergent person a neurodivergent person so know that as this Christmas season approaches, if you're talking about Joe Biden at the Christmas dinner table with the family, you should refer to him as a neurodivergent person. He's Cisco a ne- Systems and Cyber, Cyber Bastion, a diaspora-owned small business. Exactly. See, he's a neurodivergent. He's a, he's a neurodivergent person, according to Stanford University. That's the preferred terminology. There are many more, and that's right there in the thing. I know I'm not supposed to use it, but it's right there in the Stanford University thing. And, you know, they have PhDs and everything, so they get to, uh, they get to decide this stuff. That's, that's how that works. And I, wanna, I do want to just uh, cover this Robert De Niro story because this is the world that Democrats create. Uh, New York City is becoming escape from New York taxi driver death wish again. As New York City has been defined in motion pictures over the years, uh, some eras are wonderful. You know, barefoot in the park and breakfast at Tiffany's and made in Manhattan and and all kinds of happy romantic uh, movies. And then in the 1970s, when the Democrats took over and turned it into a, you know, a work-free drug place filled with criminals where... Uh, good men died like dogs, and and the uh, movies defined that, like uh, Death Wish and Taxi Driver and Escape from New York, uh, you know, Snake Plissken and all that good stuff. And now they're sliding back into the bad old 1970s, and the movies, again, Hollywood is now just like an arm of the Democrat Party, too, um, in ways that uh, perhaps they never have been before. They just do propaganda and really dumb and awful movies that nobody wants to see. Um, and they think it's great when they have, like, little children, little girl cartoon characters making out with each other because that's the, you know, like Disney, and it's uh, completely insane. But they've turned New York back into a place that you really don't want to go, and it's too bad because just a few years ago, it was easily the coolest city in the world. And then the Democrats sunk their teeth into the carotid artery of New York City, and they've sucked the lifeblood out of it. And uh, now it's a, a filthy, crime-ridden hellhole uh, run by the bad guys and where good men die like dogs. So um, Robert De Niro, speaking, you know, he's a crazy person. He said all kinds of crazy stuff. He's a madman, an anti-Trump lunatic and, and a, a very vocal left-wing nut. Of course he is because he's a Hollywood guy. And he was in a few good movies, you know, about 40 years ago, uh, maybe 50 years ago. Uh, and uh, now he uh, lives in New York City. He's, he owns restaurants and he makes lots of money. But he's a political nut. This guy is should not be president, period. And when you say that, folks on Fox come after you. I remember the Tonys when he got up there Fox. and cursed. A lot of criticism of you. Okay, well, you know, this is cable, Sorry. so it's not an FCC violation. Sorry. But it is still a Sunday morning. There he is, um, uh, Robert De Niro, on with Uncle Fester at uh, CNN. And when he says crazy things, Uncle Fester said that Brian Seltzerwater said that people on Fox News are critical of no place else, just people on Fox News. Because it's about polemics. It's about polemics. And that's why they have uh, their ratings. I think their entire worldwide audience is smaller than, like, uh, the crowd inside the stadium for an Alabama football game. Uh, But 
that doesn't matter because so uh, Robert De Niro is a political extremist, a fanatic, an angry, you know, get off my front yard kind of uh, uh, left wing nutcase. Uh, the headline in the New York Post today, Robert De Niro's doing OK after early morning burglary in New York City townhouse. And uh, he lives in a fancy townhouse that he rents and pays a lot of money for. Robert De Niro said he's doing okay following the early morning burglary at his rented Manhattan townhouse on Monday. And uh, when asked about the crime, fired back, you can read about it in the paper. Well, actually, those were the people who would write the paper that are asking about it. So if you don't say anything, then the 79-year-old crotchety old leftist, I'm, I'm embellishing slightly on the writing here. Uh, Oscar winner breezed past reporters into a, an awaiting Cadillac Escalade after leaving the Upper West Side home, excuse me, the Upper East Side home around 4.30 p.m., clutching a binder for paperwork. He's got binders uh, full of women, but that's okay. How are you feeling, Mr. De Niro? The Post asked the Goodfellas star, who replied, okay. Are you all right? That's kind of the same question over again. Yep, I'm good, he said, wearing a black and gray striped scarf. He's wearing a mask, a Wuhan red death mask, and a knit watch cap. He's in disguise. You know, you might not even recognize him. And uh, De Niro, who had been uh, holed up in his $69,000 a month townhouse, he rents it. You'd think if you're going to pay $69,000 a month, maybe you'd want to buy it seems you'd have the money to buy. Uh, maybe he's got so much money he just doesn't care. That's ah, you know, I can whiz away sixty-nine thousand dollars a month on a, you know, an apartment for two. What's the big? Not a thing. So he's holed up in the sixty-nine thousand dollar a month townhouse, uh, following the approximately two thirty a.m. burglary, with serial thief Shanice Aviles, thirty years old, charged in the incident. And uh, she broke into the townhouse because New York is a crime-ridden filth hole. And, uh, you know, no one can live in peace because the Democrats like it that way. But a Post reporter spotted lots of comfort food being delivered to the home around 1.30 p.m. A staffer, he has staffers, jumped into one of De Niro's Cadillac Escalades and returned with eight bags of takeout food from Nobu. Nobu is one of the most expensive restaurants on the planet, Japanese food. The Japanese fusion eatery, the actor co-founded. He co-founded the uh, eatery. Um, About 15 minutes later, delivery from Dominique Ansel Bakery, the famous maker of Cronut, arrived with dessert. It's, I guess... He can afford the 69th innings. Multiple black Cadillac Escalades with staffers standing by to go to Nobu and pick up food. Bring him back to a $69,000 a month rented place, which is nice. A locksmith also showed up to fix the basement door where Aviles allegedly broke into the home. Did she have a hammer? Was she saying, where's Nancy? Because uh, you know how these things go. Uh, messing with the, 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 broke in through the basement door, allegedly. Messing with the actor's iPad, looking at dirty pictures, no doubt, and Christmas presents under the tree. He's got a Christmas tree and Christmas presents. What a fascist. Just kidding. And NYPD crime scene cops were in front of the townhouse 
while a police cruiser uh, remained outside uh, of his $69,000 a month home throughout the day. And uh, the lady, she's a nice lady, she's a Democrat, she was brought to the 19th precinct uh, to the station house, transported to the Manhattan Criminal Court, where she was ordered held on $40,000 bail. Now, I, I think that she's not always held on bail because it uh, turns out that, um, according to police, the woman has been arrested at least 26 times, at least 26 prior arrests, including 16 arrests this year alone for burglary and petty larceny. 16 arrests this year alone, and that's just the time she got caught and arrested. So you can imagine 16 arrests, she probably committed yeah, 128 crimes. I'm just going to ballpark it there. Uh, 16 arrests this year, uh, 26 arrests on her record, and she's on the loose because Democrats run New York City and they like criminals. You know why they like criminals? More crime. Why do they like more crime? I'm having uh, still a little bit of trouble explaining that, but that's, uh, that's the thing about these criminals is they really like crime. And the Democrats like uh, setting them free. Yeah, ABC News has it, too. The woman arrested after breaking into Robert De Niro's apartment, stealing Christmas presents. Stealing Christmas presents. She's just, she's just, this is reparations. This is redistribution. She uh, appears to be a, um, a BIPOC, BIWOC. She's a BIWOC. Um, that is a black indigenous woman of color. And the Democrats like to refer to such people as BIWOCs, like the film festival at Columbia University last week, where they're only charging white people because the Democrat Party is dealing with a lot of mental issues. A lot of mental issues. That sounds like something that we shouldn't be saying. Yeah, it does sound like something we shouldn't be saying. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing stuff. All right, we've got, uh, we've got lots and lots of uh, amazing stuff for you. I've got the uh, Twitter files, part seven, FBI, DOJ, discredited information about Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. The FBI knew that they uh, that these emails were all uh, authentic, knew that the laptop was Hunter Biden's because they had it. Fortunately for the world and for the truth, the owner of the computer store in um Delaware, where Hunter Biden dropped off his laptop and asked the guy to go through and, you know, fix a lot of things and then never showed up to get it again. It was a passive aggressive way of getting back at his father, who he resents very deeply. And then his sister, you know, also with the drug habit and the sexual addictions, she says from showering with her father at very inappropriate ages, um, pass the soap. He's, uh, you know, but daddy, but daddy, not again. And uh, and she and she she left her diary at the rehab facility where it was found. And then the FBI pretended it was stolen and they conducted pre-dawn raids and things on, uh, you know, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas because uh, the, the passive aggressive son and daughter of Joe Biden were leaving all this stuff that incriminates the hell out of their father. And then the FBI jumped in and the CIA to engage in an active cover-up of what the FBI knew to be true. It's the opposite of what Albert Einstein, I read the Albert Einstein quote last week on 
on the truth. And uh, the FBI is, well, they're interested in the opposite of the truth. They're engaged in political cover-ups, in political sabotage, uh, the kind of thing we might expect from communist China or the Soviet Union in the in what turned out to be the good old days. And uh, so I've got that for you. Uh, part seven, the FBI, not the good guy in this story. Uh, more revelations. And again, the Washington Post, the New York Times and CNN engaged in an active, not a passive, an active cover-up of the all the stories that might be detrimental to the Democratic Party and to Joe Biden, who is, uh, what's the term I can use again? Uh, we'll get back to that. We're at 888-630-9625. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. Yeah, this, um, this is extraordinary stuff. The Stanford University, the uh, people of color and technology, POC IT, and the Stanford CIO Council, uh, obviously the CIOC, and uh, they, their affinity group, they put together a list of words that you can use and can't use, like, uh, you know, ableist things. Don't call someone an addict, you know, if they're a drug addict. Don't call them an addict. Call them with a substance use disorder. It's not a disorder. They like doing drugs. It's their favorite thing. Um, they're addicts. And don't say addicted. You can use an alternate word would be devoted. All right? <laughs> Michael was singing this morning, hopelessly devoted to crack. That's hopelessly devoted. Don't say, don't say addicted. Say devoted. That's good. Don't say basket case. Don't call someone a basket case. Say they're nervous. That's not really the same thing. It doesn't convey the same message. Don't say blind review because some people are blind. Say anonymous review. Blind people know they're blind. They know that. They're the first ones who know. Don't say committed suicide. It's much better if you say died by suicide. So they take offense with the word committed which most of them should probably be, involuntarily. Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, uh, and mentally ill, don't say mentally ill. Say person living with a mental health condition. That takes too long. That's, uh, honestly, this is, this is the left manipulating and controlling language. This is what they do on university campuses. Stanford should be defunded. Probably shut down for the good of mankind. Pretty amazing stuff. There's a lot more, too. And uh, the FBI and Twitter. Boy, oh, boy. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.